The reading today is from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1 and verses 1 to 11. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In the month of Kislev, in the twentieth year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people, whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favour in the presence of this man. I was cupbearer to the king. day, can we? Ava was gripped. <laughs> Couldn't take her eyes off it. James Bond fan. Well, James Bond. Wow. Modern day action hero. You imagine James Bond sees a situation, me sorting out, and he turned and walked in the opposite direction. It just wouldn't happen, would it? It's just not what James Bond does. And the Bible is full of action heroes. You read the Old Testament particularly, you'll see time and time again, people saw something that needed to change, and they did something about it. And today we're going to look at a character from the Bible called Nehemiah. He's an action hero of his time. And he had a vision to bring about large-scale change, large-scale change for the better for people of his time. And this particular sermon, as Steve mentioned earlier, marks the beginning of a sermon series that we're going to be having over the coming weeks on vision. My hope is that this will inspire us and challenge us as we begin to explore our own personal visions and the direction in which our lives are headed. And for all of us to ask this, every single one of us here today, to ask the question, where is God in my life? Where does God feature in my life? 
and to look at how we can put God's love into action. But also, and just as important as this, I hope that it will give us the opportunity to explore our vision, where we're heading as a church, as Christ Church, and to draw up together a clearer picture of the sort of church God wants us to be. But first, a story for you. A man was asleep with his wife when there was a knock at the door. He rolls over and he looks at his clock. Half past three in the morning. I'm not getting out of bed at this time, he thinks, and he rolls over. Then a louder knock follows. And so he drags himself out of bed and he goes downstairs. He opens the door and there, standing in the doorway, is a man. And it didn't take the homeowner long to realise that the man is drunk. Hi there, slurs the stranger. Can you give me a push? No, you can get lost. It's half past three, I'm in bed. Well, I was, says the man, and he slams the door. He goes back up to bed and told his wife what had happened. And his wife said, well, that wasn't very nice. Remember that night when we broke down in the pouring rain on the way back to pick up the kids from the babysitter and you had to knock on that man's door? What would have happened if he had told you to get lost instead of helping to get our car started? But the guy was drunk, said the man. It doesn't matter, said his wife. He needs our help and it was the right thing to do. So, reluctantly, the husband gets out of bed again, gets dressed, goes downstairs, he opens the door, and not being able to see the stranger anywhere, he shouts, Hey, do you still want my help? Do you still want to push? Yes, please, came a reply. And still being unable to see the stranger, he shouts, Well, where are you? And the drunk replies, Over here, on the swing. Brilliant. But when faced with situations, we could help change for the better. When we could make a difference to a situation, so often we would just rather roll over. We'd rather go back to sleep. We'd rather maintain our life in its present situation. We'd rather keep our heads down, turn a blind eye, maintain the status quo. And that's true of me just as much as yourselves. And this goes for things that could be improved or put right in our own lives and in our work life, our family life, our marriages and long-term relationships, in our friendships, parenting, things that would make a difference to the lives of other people. And of course it's true of the things that go on in our church too. But Nehemiah, this character from the Bible, this action hero, he was different. He wasn't prepared to accept the way things were. He knew that he'd been given a part to play in changing things for the better. Nehemiah was a visionary leader. He saw what needed to be done and inspired everyone to play their part in making it happen, in making it a reality. And we heard the first part of Nehemiah's story, this adventure that he goes on, and we heard it in our Bible reading. And we'll be exploring more of this story, more of this adventure, and how it impacts our life and the life of this church over the coming weeks. At the time of Nehemiah's story, Israel, as a nation, had been in exile, away from their homes and their cities. And they'd been in exile for many years, decades in fact. 
Slowly, people had been allowed to return to Israel. Slowly, the task of rebuilding the city, rebuilding the temple, re-establishing homes and lands began. But the work was painfully slow. And I mean painfully slow. And the people were dispirited and disheartened. By the time Israel had been back in Jerusalem for around about 90 years or so, they still hadn't managed to do what they originally set out to do. And as we heard, the city walls were still lying in a heap of rubble and no attempt had been made to rebuild them. Inaction, inability and incompetence ruled. Now the city walls in this story of Nehemiah represent the pride of the people. Seeing them in ruins would be like having a home which is beautiful on the inside and yet on the outside the paint's peeling off, the fence is falling down and the garden is like an overgrown jungle. This is exactly what it was like for the people of Israel. No wonder they'd lost heart. No wonder they didn't have a sense of vision and energy. But in what sense is our pride hurting at the moment? Each of us. You know, we're only as good as our last failure. Failure can come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, can't it? Sometimes we're directly responsible for those failures, but other times it seems that life is conspiring against us and then things just come together and we still end up falling flat on our faces. Failure is a hard thing to take. So how have recent events in life taken their toll on you and me? Is our pride hurting as a church in any way? Do we still long for glory days of yesteryear? And what parts of our lives appear ruined and yet still hold something beautiful within? Within the ruined walls has God given us a precious gift that we've just lost sight of. How is this true for Christ church? What aspects of our church community appear to be in a heap of rubble and yet hold so much promise, so much potential? What gifts and resources and potential can still be found within ruined walls? But you know, when Israel, this nation, was so downcast, God raised up an action hero, Nehemiah. And four things stand out about this man, and they are things that clearly helped Nehemiah to take such effective action just where and when it was needed. And so I want us to look at these four things briefly this morning now in the hope that they will help us, each and every one of us, to take effective action as individuals but also collectively as a church. To take positive action just where it is needed. So firstly then, Nehemiah wept at what he saw and heard. He was affected by the situation. It moved him. It bothered him. It frustrated him. He didn't ignore what he saw and heard. He didn't leave it to someone else to feel the weight of responsibility. He took it upon himself. Nehemiah faced up to the situation and allowed the enormity of it to hit home. He wasn't afraid to feel the pain of it. After all, it was feeling its full force that would inspire him and drive him to do something about it. It's something that Princess Diana used to say. That was one of the impacts of meeting these people in all these situations, wherever she was invited. That was what drove her on to do something about it. That's my hope for us as individuals and as a church. 
that we'll be people who are affected by what we see in our own lives and in the lives of other people and in the life of our church community. People who are passionate about change for the better, not just maintaining things as they are. People who see what needs to change and are prepared to feel the full weight of responsibility. People who don't just leave it for someone else to care about. So what parts of your life and my life are like a broken wall or a gate hanging off its hinges? What needs repairing? Be honest. If you have anything at all in mind, then you're in the best place on earth. You're in God's house. What needs fixing? What needs improving? What could be better? And what parts of our church are like this? What aspects of our church community need a fresh injection of vision and energy? Let's be a people who care enough to do something about these things. Don't just leave it. Secondly then, Nehemiah was gripped by a vision of what could be. He saw the amazing potential. He didn't see a building project that was going nowhere fast. He saw a long road stretching out ahead of him, over the horizon. He didn't see a dead end. Will we be a hopeful people, gripped by a vision of what could be? People who see the potential in ourselves and other people in the situations we find ourselves in every day of the week. You know, I believe God's called us here, led us here as a family because he wants me to lead a church of vision. And I'll do my best, I really will, with God's help to inspire, resource and explore that vision. But I can't do it on my own. There's no way. I need us to be in it together for every one of us to play a part. I need us to be a team. And that means a great deal more than showing up on a Sunday. Will you? Thirdly then, Nehemiah was inspired by God to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. The name Nehemiah literally means God's comforter. Amazing name. And the meaning behind the word comforter in Hebrew, the language of the Israelites, means breath or life or breath giver, life giver. And God blew like a breeze through the life of Nehemiah so that he in turn would breathe life into the lives of other people. My hope, my prayer, is that we'll be a people who expect God and ask God to breathe through our lives so that we can pass new life on to other people. We can make a difference to other people's lives. We can be at work for good in every and any situation we ever come up against. We can demonstrate the generosity of God's love in Jesus Christ through all that we say and all that we do. Will we be this kind of people? People who are not afraid to face up to the ways in which we're too comfortable. Victims of our own inaction, laziness even, and fear. What ways do we need disturbing out of our comfort zones? And that's true for all of us, whether we come to church lots or little. Is it to do with faith? Accepting that perhaps we need to connect with God in a way that we've never done before. Or aware that God is knocking on our door like we've never heard before. Or is it to do with what God is asking us to do? 
What part is he asking us to play? What's he giving us the nudge to get involved with? Let's ask God to help us to be action heroes. People who do the things we really ought to be doing. Maybe it's going to be something like spending more time with our family where we've neglected that. Or mending a broken relationship. Making an effort with a difficult work colleague or other people that you struggle to get on with in your circle of friends or your family. Not to mention the things that go even further still. Challenging the immoral, unethical or abusive things that go on in the workplace. Or the injustice of poverty and tyranny that go on in countries all over the world. And we're blissfully unaware in our lovely country. And closer to home again. How can we be a church of action heroes then? A church where we are all actively involved, not just some. A church where many come to be served by the many. As opposed to a church where the many come to be looked after by the few. It's one way that church needs to change. Because even still today, how many people are up front serving? There aren't many. There's a lot more of you out there being served. We need to look at that as church. Involve more people. Look at serving each other so that we're a church where the many look after the many. A church of action heroes. And if that was the third key point about Nehemiah, then the fourth and final one is this. Nehemiah cried out to God. God was the first person Nehemiah turned to for help. Nehemiah looked no further than the one who promises to love us always, no matter what. And so he pleaded with God to hear the cries of his heart. You know, there's no greater thing to do in life than to rely on a power greater than ourselves. All action heroes do it. And Nehemiah was no exception. My hope and prayer is that we will be a people who rely on a power greater than ourselves. A people who cry out to God. People who look to God first for help, not turn to him as an afterthought. People who involve God in the things that trouble us and bother us the most. The things that we care about our most. Like our children. Like our friends. People who ask God to be at work for good in the most painful, stressful and complex situations that we face. People who are prepared to trust a God who loves us always, no matter what. So to finish then, God wants us to be people of action, not inaction. He designed us all to be action heroes. He wants us to be people who, like Nehemiah, follow God's way of doing things. People who are always on the lookout for opportunities to be at work for good in the lives of other people. So let's be a people who face up to the reality and the situations and the issues that we face in our own lives and in the life of this church. People who are gripped by a vision of what could be. People who are agents of change, who want God to breathe through our lives so that we can breathe new life into the lives of other people. And finally, and I think most importantly, people who rely on a power greater than ourselves, who turn to God first, knowing that he loves us always, no matter what. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, thank you that you love us always. You love us no matter what. Help us to be people who rely on the power of that love and trust that it will make a difference to every corner, every area, every aspect of our lives. Help us to be a people who respond to the power of that love. And where we see the need, we get stuck in and we do something about it. Amen.